Okay, so we're going to talk about identity tonight, and let's first start off with a prayer. Um, thank you, Lord, for uh, allowing us to be here tonight, and even though we got a small group, we'll just be able to share uh, with each other and get to learn more about you and more about each other from you. Um, and yeah, thank you for this time. Amen. Um, so I'd like to start off, we just want to go around the room list three like three things that you would say you identify with or make up who you are so i think for myself i would say athlete christian and nice guy (laughs) (laughs) so nerd uh, christian Probably, I don't know, can I say future pastor? I can say future pastor, yeah. sure. Yeah. Colton says yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A musician, Christian, and future pastor. Man, artist, nerd. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say like Christian first. Says everything you need to know. I'd say uh, athlete, and third one, I'd say social. Um, first, um, Christian. Second, Patriot, because I'm all for America as well. Uh, and I'll just say um, geek. So, yeah. Very nice. So, thank you for sharing. I'll just start off, I guess, some verses I found about identity in the Bible, about who who we are and just kind of what I, I took away from them. Obviously, we could list like hundreds of different verses, but there's some main ones that I thought of. Um, you don't have to turn to them. I'll we'll probably read them off kind of fast. First Peter 2.9, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. What do you think stick out to you guys from that verse or anything? I guess it probably would be easier if you want to turn to it, just so I don't make you recall it from memory. Um, First Peter what? First Peter 2 9. <clears throat> I mean, a royal priesthood. Because. I mean, a proper understanding of the Old Testament of like Adam and all the patriarchs up to early, like, if you want to say uh, Israel, is a priest, he's the prophet, and he's also the, the king, he's the patriarch, the leader of the people. So they're kind of a type to Jesus. So for us to be called a royal priesthood is to compare us to Christ and to say that we are uh, following in his stead to minister to those here on earth. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that stuck out to me was a share of like good news. It says like, you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. It's supposed to not just be something that's private and we just do on our own, but something we share with other people. Um, Matthew 20, 26 through 28 Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. 
And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. So I feel like as Christians, it's all about laying our lives down for other people um, and our lives down to live on behalf for, for Christ because he gave it all for us. And feel free to jump in with any thoughts or anything you have from these verses too. I don't want it just to be me talking at you guys. Um. Yeah, I think servant leadership is a concept that um, I really like a lot and I think that you know, we talk about it a lot in the church but it's a hard thing to demonstrate. It's a hard thing to really do. I think we think we're being servant leaders when we put others equal to ourselves and in reality, servant leadership is putting others above ourselves. We're going the extra mile, kind of like he talks about in Matthew mm-hmm. 5, right? And I think we go with someone one mile a lot of times and think that we're doing all mm-hmm. that we could be doing. In reality, when it says go with them two miles, it means the extra mile that you wouldn't necessarily go because you put yourself below them and, and your needs and your wants and your desires below others, others first, and then yourself. And then the next one I had was Matthew 16, 24 through 26. Um, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, while whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? So I see the big one there, I think, of denying self again, being a servant, um, bearing Christ's burden for the lost. Um, that's kind of his part of what he took up on the cross was ultimate love for all the sinners and all of us, even while we were dead in our sins. He loved us when we were sucking it up. So I think just having that same compassion for people, um, even while there's, I mean, we all sin, but while we're, other people are still trying to figure out what life's all about. Having grace. Then next one I had was First Corinthians six, nineteen through twenty. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Does anyone have anything on that verse or anything? Who has something? I thought I had something. Um, just thinking about it. Um, sorry. I'm going to put this in the middle. Sure. For you best, everyone to hear better. On the podcast. Um, oh, come on, what was I going to say? Um, wouldn't it be like how we're like presenting ourselves or something? That would be like, you know, honoring God or something. I mean, like, um, I mean, if people are looking at us, we should be like reflecting. Um, God or something like that. Um, but 
I mean, uh, well, oh, come on. It's all good. <sighs> Sorry, I have these things in my head, then all of a sudden it... No worries. It doesn't come out, yeah. I think it's uh, it sticks out to me where it says, you are not your own, you were bought with a price. And it's like, um, like you're called to live a holy life because God redeemed you and like Jesus died for you. You know, like a physical term, we want to be a good host. We don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit all the time by sitting, living a terrible lifestyle. That's not good for ourselves or fun for the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I think that honoring God with our bodies, too. The thing that I always think about when I think about that verse is, like, from a, a lustful standpoint, right? Mm. And that's, like, the obvious one that you could pull from that is, like, sexual misconduct is obviously not honoring God with your bodies, but I also think, especially right now, you know, your brain is within your body, right? When uh, you accept Christ into your life, like he's living on the inside of you, so everything that we do in every respect, like every word we say, every thought we have, all of that goes into honoring God with your bodies. You know, even the stuff you might not necessarily think about as, I'm honoring God with what I'm doing right now, but you are. I think it's kind of like in the New Testament where it's like, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Yeah, like you're saying. Um, I think kind of the last one. It's, it's not so much an identity piece, but kind of like a good reminder. Um, Galatians 1.10. For am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Or am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. And I think that's our, our job is to be pleasing to the Father um, in our, our actions the best we can. And obviously that servant, but it's like, it's different um, as a servant. We're not like, he doesn't whip us and, you know, beat us when we mess up, but he says, come back to me, let's get back to work kind of thing. So I think that's really awesome. He's a good father, good master. And we don't serve him out of compulsion because we're afraid, but because we love him. So I would ask you guys, why is identity important? Anyone can hop in. Well, it's but how I think of it is kind of best to know yourself, though. Um, that, that's definitely how they're how like going off about however other people view you or something. I mean I don't mean this is like in a stereotypical way or something, but uh like you gotta I mean in today's world what people like to um make their identity like everyone else or something. It mm -hmm. so pretty much um I mean you're your own self and stuff. Um so just be who you are and stuff, but also like reflecting God as well. I mean, it kind of reminds me of this, a quote from Dr. Seuss that, um, why blend in if you were born to stand out? Mm -hmm. um, th that's kind of what I'm, that, that's kind of what I'm got yeah, from the identity thing, so. That's good. I think that our generation and our, just our world in general is so obsessed with titles. I think that titles are the way that people form their identity now, and I see it even in the Christian world, so I'm I'm someone who 
suffers from depression or I have anxiety or I'm tall or I'm short or I'm too skinny or I'm strong or whatever it is people try to make do with who they are out of what they go through mentally or what they look like physically and while some of those things are true like you can't deny the fact that you're short or you're tall if that's what you are it's also if your identity is not rooted in Christ then you're never going to be enough so whatever title you have somebody has a better one always and that's why it's so important to be rooted in Christ I feel like because if it wasn't I would always be chasing after the next thing that I can't really achieve yeah I think that that's um, especially right that like it's important for your identity to be first rooted in Christ because um, all of the gifts that you have in your life um, that like you might get your identity from they're all from God but if you're just trying to please the world with them and conform to the world and do what the do what the world wants without um, without God then you like won't you you won't have an identity and you won't like be I guess justified I feel like we think about justification as like whether or not someone's going to heaven or hell but it's more than that like when God declares you righteous that's um and justifies you that's like he gives your life meaning and purpose and without Christ you don't have that no, it goes back to an emptiness idea. Like we talked about that a lot last year. I know. Yeah. Um, not even just Tristan. And I think we brought it up in Bible studies over and over again. Like if you don't have Christ, there's a like gaping hole in your your soul. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true. I mean, you see, like say suicide in general is like a predominantly um, first world issue. Like people in a third world country aren't going and jumping off buildings or shooting themselves. Because they, they live their daily lives. Like they're not they're not trying to live this posh life. They're they're trying to make ends meet. They have things to keep them occupied outside of leisure. And I think big sin of I think most of America is leisure. I mean that's we identify with what we do in our leisure, right? So what's your hobby? Well I like to go do this. I like to play video games, I like to I don't know so much stuff we do in our leisure and I think it's more important for us to work our hands and not the, the work of our hands is what we identify with but that we identify with Christ and therefore the work of my hands are for him and those around him and the ones here on earth that's good do you want to share anything Peter? I don't know it's really interesting that you bring that up about what you do versus we are because in our generation a lot of who we are is set by what we do mm-hmm. and that's not the way that we should be living our lives because we should find our, our identity in him mm-hmm. and then after that your actions are just fruits of that relationship with Christ mm-hmm. and so honestly, I, I struggled with that question when you walked in. You were like, what are three things that make up your identity? Because I've been having a hard, I've been struggling with finding myself a lot recently. I've been doing a lot of soul searching. And with that comes letting go of this notion that 
I am the things that I do. Because in the end, what matters is that I am a child of God. And I don't know. It's possible. It's interesting. It's good. Thank you for sharing, guys. Good stuff. I want to add a couple of verses. Um, Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth... Well, this is the King James Version. He that, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And then... I don't know if it's Hosea, Hosea. You guys care to help me out? Is it... Hosea. It's Hosea. 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 So I just learned it. My people are Hosea 4.6 My people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also reject you as a priest. Because you have ignored the law of your God, I also will ignore your children. I think it's interesting because if we don't know ourselves and like the knowledge of God, we're going to be rejected, unfortunately, by at the day of judgment. A couple little things I had was purpose is good because it gives us passion. When we know what our purpose is, we can really pursue something. I like to say it's like our sport or some of those things that we just identified with earlier. Um, kind of the same thing, focus on what we're doing. And then kind of like we've all been saying, you know, you have to know who you are, otherwise the world's going to tell you who you are. Um, if you don't know if you're, you're who you are in Christ, the world will give you plenty of things to identify with and say this is what you are, this is because of what you do. Um, what are some negative areas in which we can place our identity? Actions. I would say the way that other people, the way that we think other people look at us. I think that the amount of times that I myself and other people I know have allowed thoughts to kind of eat themselves alive that are theoretical, hypothetical thoughts that may not even be what other people are thinking that people think of them. But they, the way that they do certain things is entirely tied to how they think someone else is going to think about what they just did, which is, I mean, it's just so dangerous. People live like that, and they depress themselves over it because they think everyone thinks something about them. Sometimes people don't even think that. But even if they did, don't want that identity to be tied into what other people a stupid question, but what exactly do you mean by um, negative areas with um, identification? Um, just kind of like things that aren't necessarily things God would want us to do, or God areas that are pleasing to God, that, or even say good things that are good that could take the place of God in our lives if we aren't careful. Oh. You you answer the next you ask the next part of my question. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't mean to. Sorry about no, that. No, it's good. It's a good thing. So I guess if you want to go that route, what are some positive things that beca- can become negative if we're not careful? Or you can answer the first part of the question, whatever you want to do. Uh, I think relationships and stuff, who we associate with, mm-hmm. um, I think that relationships are important, and they're a big part of like what... God made humans for. That's why God gave Eve to Adam, and that's why, um, like, we're called to love our neighbor. But if it uh, becomes like bol- above our relationship with God, then that's when it becomes bad. Mm-hmm. 
I know that I definitely have a tendency to do that in the past. Something that I work through on a regular basis. I'm still just trying to get better, and it's not something that you can fight on your own. No, you're not gonna. Just, you're not gonna get better. Exactly. You're gonna constantly erect idols. Exactly. We all do. Yeah. That's what it is. You're erecting an idol that you're going to have to smash it down. I know Schultz was talking about this. I think in class with me, whatever class I have, I have too many. <laughs> whatever class it was in, he said that. I mean, the Christian's goal is to maybe eventually get all their idols smashed down. But like, I don't think you can. Like, I don't. I think he is hypothetical. I don't think you will. As soon as you smash one, you're gonna discover another. Yeah, uh, they're all there. They're always there, and that's we identify with those. I mean, that's that's when idol becomes is where your identity lies instead of God. So, I mean, I mean that was a good one, Aaron. Relationships, like a lot of people, the family man, the guy that yeah. prioritizes family over maybe going to church. Like, oh, we got a family outing this weekend. Let's skip church or something like that. Or mm-hmm. um, there's a lot. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that one's definitely one that came to mind. Relationships. I would also say anything that you're good at, that you like being good at. So, for you know, athletes, right? God gives you the talent to be an athlete, but then all of a sudden you're starting to do well in that sport, and you start to get praise and accolades and things that go with that. Whatever level it is, if you're making millions of dollars, or even at this level, if you just have a good game on campus notice or something like that that's what I'm talking to you about right how easy it is to become prideful and then if you're not an athlete and maybe you're really good at academics maybe it even comes down to you preaching on Sundays as a pastor someday in the future and maybe you're a really good public speaker and maybe people are inviting you to guest speak at conferences and all of a sudden you start to get prideful about like yeah I'm really good at this right like anything that God has given you talent with you can then take and become prideful with that. And I think to a certain extent, because you are going to get those praise and those accolades, because we're all talented in different areas, like you said, it's not something you can be perfect at. So maybe you will at times have like little fits of pride here and there. It's just one of those things you have to be aware of and you have to constantly weigh against the word of God and be careful about. Yeah. I think one of them is money too. Am I, yeah. am I happy because I have all this stuff or I can buy this stuff or I'm, that's what makes me secure as if I can have all this, if I have enough to cover this and cover that, have all my bases covered. Mm. So I think one, two. Yeah. Plenty of areas. Like you guys were saying, like good things like a spouse. My identity is serving my spouse. My spouse is my everything or whatever. Were you going to say something, Sam? Uh, no, it wasn't. I was just agreeing on Okay. Yeah. Why do you think we find comfort in these things when our true identity is in Christ? I think part of it is because it's familiar. If we're not careful, we can get in patterns and cycles, and then it's just like, oh, this is just who I am or what I do instead of like renewing your mind with who God says you are um, you just get caught in just cycles and patterns lies we're trapped in it comes down to that Satan will 
knows how to twist the word of God so that you can believe what is good is the only way. That's what he does in the garden, right? Like, mm-hmm. Did God really say, well, the fruit looks good, why don't you try it? Touch it. Touch it, then eat it. Like it's, it starts out that way. You start off with something good. I mean, I'm going to go back to say the sexual stuff as well. Like, sex is a good thing within the bounds of marriage, right? Like, that's perfectly okay to say, but as soon as people say, well, did God really say you have to have that bond? Did God really say you have to have that ring? Did God really say you have to wait until marriage? You know, like it, and some guys will play those types of mental gymnastics too. Like I've seen some friends fall into that trick. I said, well, what is marriage? Like Adam and Eve didn't get like a ceremony. Mm-hmm. Like they just, that's, you're playing mental gymnastics with God. And that's, that's not a good idea. You're trying to psychoanalyze God himself. <laughs> you're you're going to end up burning yourself because that's exactly what the devil wants you to do. He's trying to actually grasp God more than yourself. You're never going to understand. And an interesting additional perspective that I would add to that too for those who may have sinned in that area before mm-hmm. per se, those who haven't maintained their purity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then the temptation becomes, well, you've done it at least once before. Right. So yeah, you're What's saved now, and, and but what's, you know, seven times versus eight times? What's nine times versus ten? Like, what difference does it make, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you've already lost it, so you may as well go have fun tonight. You're going to find a wife someday, and you'll, you'll figure it out then. You know, and it's like, obviously, the more that you do that, the more damage you cause and harm you cause to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, to that too is just that I'm losing it now actually <laughs> I didn't see where to go with that it didn't come back to me at all. I lost it I had a good thought too <laughs> I think too um success within those identities that are not good can keep us there because it's easy if we're making money or getting that praise and if we're not seeking God and seeing like the goodness of who he is we can get caught up in what the world says and just totally get dead to what the Holy Spirit's saying to us and kind of push his voice out of our life and just not wanting accountability as humans um, yeah, I think because if we know like what if we know what the right thing to do is and who who our true identity is in, then we have a lot harder time deviating from what that is. And when we know the truth and we don't want to walk in it, it's even harder. And we just want to feel comfortable in our little bubble, doing our own thing. Just the original sin. My last question would be, what are some ways that we can remind ourselves of our identity in Christ? Just broad terms. That's where you claim is his. I mean, that's, that's where the waters are washed over you. And you're then made proud. The old Adam is gone. Christ directs himself in his place. That's 
exactly what happens on the cross too, because my good works are not my own, they're Christ, that's how Paul talks, and every single bad deed I do are actually Christ, that's depend on him somehow, I don't understand it, some weird cosmic mumbo jumbo God decided to do, but it happens, and he says it happens. I think that uh, spending time in the word is really important. I think that it just, uh, it's like renewing and refreshing, and it's kind of weird, because I've known, like, there's, there doesn't seem like there should be any reason why, but, like, I can tell if I haven't read my Bible in a few days that it, like, my mentality and just the way I think about things is totally different. Mm-hmm. My whole headspace is different if I'm, like, not in the Word all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I get that though. Like, if you've talked about this too. Like, we've had that. Like, we'll say we've won a few days. Like, we've recognized like we've been struggling. Like, I think we talked about it this summer. It's yeah. like you go a few days and it's like I haven't picked up my Bible. Why? And you, like you said, your whole mentality is different. Like, something about it isn't right. Like, you know it's not right. There's something craving in the soul that you should be doing it. You know you should be doing it, but you don't. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the flesh at work. Like, yeah. part of it. Like Paul. Romans 6, you know your favorite passage? The do, I cannot do, but I do not, but I can do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't do it. Do what I want to do, because if I do what I wanted to do, then I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing, because what I'm doing is not what I want to do, because mm-hmm. I don't want to do it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, literally, I mean, we all know certain sins that, and the devil certainly knows too, that we're probably a little bit more prone to succumb to. Each person has probably a, a small mix of different areas that mm-hmm. the devil knows, like, this guy really doesn't struggle with this the way that that guy does. But he does struggle with this. I'm going to hit him with these kinds of temptations all the time, right? And some of us, it looks the same, and then there's probably certain temptations you might suffer from that I don't really suffer from that much because it's not something I really care for doing. But the temptations and the sins that I know have been issues for me in the past I notice my mind state towards those things changes the less that I'm in the Word. The more that I'm in the Word, the more that I reject those thought patterns and those temptations. And then the more often that I struggle with them is when I'm, I can trace it. I won't even notice, like it's been a few days since I've really dove into the Word, or even maybe I've been in the Word but I haven't really been. I've been kind of like speed reading in the morning real quick before I go out to do something. I'm not really like soaking in the Word. And then, you know, I have like a hiccup in, in my life or something where I, I'm just like, okay, what just happened? Like, how did this happen? And I look back and I'm like, okay, I see. I was drifting a little bit. You gotta get back in there now. I think there's also something to be said for spending time with other believers, just being in community with people who believe the same things as you mm-hmm. and who are also spending time in the work because, like the Bible says, iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. the best way for us one of the best ways for us to stay strong in our faith is to be around those who also have faith. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's why, like, church going is so important. That's a big part yeah. of just being at church and just, like, worshiping together. Yeah. And being, in the, and being in the Word together in Bible studies and stuff. Yeah. It's important to find people that don't just want to talk, locker room talk all the time. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Just, yeah. Yeah, conversations that are edifying for your soul. I think that um, 
Derek started with one of the sacraments, so we might as well hit the other <laughs> one. I think that uh, communion is very important. Um, the like physically experiencing Christ's body and blood is um, it's it's very important for reminding you of your identity in Christ because it's like this is my body and blood given for you. Mm-hmm. Do this in remembrance of me. That's literally what it is for. <laughs> Like you were saying, Peter, like Bible talk, or one, both of you kind of like don't forsake the gathering of the saints. I don't think Jesus just kind of meant that willy nilly. Like he's being serious. Like get together with other believers. Iron sharpens iron. So I know for when I go home, that's something I look forward to is the young adults group at church. Because um, the church I go to around here, that's just a little too far. And just you know the schedules. So when I have groups like this or. Athletes in action to build myself up with. So, then you lucky priests, some guys get to hang out with pastors all day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can swap into Greek if you want. More useful than some of my other classes. Seriously. Does anyone have any other thoughts on that? About identity? Why it's important to remind ourselves of, or how we remind ourselves of that? Um, going off of what, what Peter said, um, being with those who are like in the faith as well. I mean, remember the Bible says something about like don't be unequally yoked or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, though people do get the wrong image of what that means, like some do eggs or something. But um, that uh, because I mean, being with people who are like in the faith or what is a big thing. Like what, uh, when I was choosing colleges or what, uh, I wanted my number. The only thing that I wanted to pick any college on one condition that is a Christian school or what. So that's kind of how I found this place. But um, a- anyways, because, uh, I mean, being around people in the faith, though, is something that helps you remind yourself as well. I mean, um, not just off of God's word. I mean, don't get me wrong. God's word is, uh, well, well, yeah, it's um, it's the word, you know. So, um, I mean, it's good, but there's kind of a bit more to it, though, um, in, in a way. So, you know, with people who like um, know God's word as well, it can help you build up, like you know, iron sharpens iron, like you said. Uh, I mean, I know I'm kind of saying things that have already been said, but um, but yes, uh, that's that that's one. That's one way how you can remind yourself, yes. Yeah, and to echo that, I mean, you become who you hang out with. And, I mean, I've had a lot of first-hand experience with that. I spent a lot of time with some very, very worldly people. Uh, you're not the only one. The way that I am around those people, the way that I interact with others, when I'm with those people versus when I'm around people like this is just it's night and day. Yeah. One thing that never ceases to amaze me, even though it seems like a pretty simple concept, is just how much God knows not only the things we struggle with, the things we do, but like the the specific words that I need to hear in certain moments. And so, you know, most of you guys know a lot of my background and some of the stuff I was into before I became a Christian, but a lot of it had to do with um, 
getting involved with the wrong people. And since I've become a Christian, I mean, there was a process the first couple of years of finding new um, social circles to run with, and there was people that honestly I held on to relationships with for way too long just because it was comfortable and it was familiar, and you know I didn't really know what I was doing. But um, the amount of time since I've come to just hang out with circles like this, that God has spoken through somebody very clearly. Like I'll be in the middle of a conversation, and this person has no idea what they're doing, but they're saying something that I need to hear, specific to something they have no idea I'm going through. And I'll, you know, in that moment, can almost feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. Like, you know, I, I still love you. Like I know what you're going through. This guy's telling me, like, I'm working through him right now, and you don't even know it. He doesn't even know it, right? Mm-hmm. That always amazes me. But that kind of stuff doesn't happen if you only hang out with worldly people, like you're saying. You, know? mm-hmm. yeah. you need those mature believers in your life that can speak into your life from a, from a healthy place. You know? yeah. like, that played a big role in me coming and working up here this summer. Because I, my job at the Parks and Recreation Department back home is terrible like guy literally had nudie mags in the office and he finally had to get rid of them when our high up boss said like yeah that's not that goes against title nine he's like well that's stupid his first reaction was yeah nudie mags at work is probably not super professional no that's stupid that's what he says to the boss um and the only thing that kept me going like the whole summer last year what 20 19 yeah, what was that? <laughs> that one year that yeah, everyone else forget somewhere. about, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it was Bible study Monday evenings with my friends and also church on Sundays. Um, so we always had our uh, college-age Bible study with our, our church. And it was all guys I'd grown up with, pastor's son. And the only one to that was like, it was equipping me to go out into a battlefield. Like when I go to work every single day, it's these guys are just talking sailors like they talk terribly they gossip about each other they're gossiping about like some random person they meet on the street and then they're <laughs> slandering the poor person it's like you had never even talked to them before uh, it was and then you consume them because I mean what you're around is what you will become because it I mean that, that's what the word the word is the more you're around the word and you hear it like you're consuming it and it's becoming a part of your flesh fighting off the flesh, when you allow fleshly things to come into the flesh, you're just feeding it. Yeah. You're stomping it out if you're listening to the word. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. <laughs> the more time that you spend with yeah. people, the better. Yeah. Because you're going to spend time with worldly people, too. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, yeah. you're sinners, right. you're going to have to go out there into the world. If you want to be a part of the Great Commission, you can, you got to go out there and reach people. Exactly. But if you do that and all you're doing is pouring into others and not getting poured back into, you're gonna have nothing left to pour. And they're gonna start pouring back into you their bad stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't want that. It's the whole thing, like you're called to be like in the world but not of the world or whatever that is. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. It says it exactly right. It says or oh, whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a big part of like having mentors in your life too. People that have been there and done that and say, hey, I see this trait, um, keep stewarding that gift, or hey, I see this, um, be careful, this is a vice that you could fall into if you're not careful. Um, 
like you said, mature believers to hang out with. You'll probably find those good people in church, um, hopefully. I think, I guess, let's just go around the circle and say, just like the first thing that comes to your mind, just go around a couple times when you think of who you are in Christ, like different adjectives or things. So I'll start. Or you want me to give you guys a second to think? Or you want me to spit fire? Let's do it. I would say, um, son. Right, sorry. <laughs> Took a good one, sorry. <laughs> Easy one. Then, oh, my bad, I didn't make it very clear. Um, so then just you would go, oh, let's okay. go on a circle. Yeah. Just keep spit fire, whatever you say. Redeemed. That was mine. <laughs> 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 pranked. Justified. Caring. Love. Oh, I think of one. Um. Uh. Made new. Adopted. Carried. Found. Spoken for. Blessed. It's not one word, but um, not worthy, but accepted. Mm -hmm. I would say freedom. Well, we can stop there. <laughs> but thank you guys for doing that. Just figure, because we keep talking about all this identity in Christ, and it's like, well, what is part of that identity? Like, what kind of things are we talking about? So, I guess some of my closing thoughts. I guess, do you guys have any broad takeaways or things that really stuck out to you that you haven't already shared or anything? If not, it's okay too. I mean, for a while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Mm -hmm. And that's where we should be finding our identity. Mm -hmm. All right. I think I'm going to speak kind of more specifically to you. You're talking about how you how you want to get those idols almost gone, right? Recognize you're going to be in that cycle. That's the Christian life. Yeah. There's always going to be one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like that's the whole book of Judges, right? So like it's the, the cycle of apostasy, and so you learn like the whole book. Like they're like, oh shoot, we did this wrong. Lord save us, and then a judge is erected, and then they come in and save them. 
and then they do the same stupid th stuff again. Somebody does something to them. It's the same thing for us. We, it's the life of a Christian. So, it doesn't change his outlook on it. You know, another thing Paul says in Romans is how uh, if he didn't have knowledge of the law through the word, he wouldn't even be able to recognize some of his sin as sin. And that as we grow in knowledge and grow in depth in our relationship with God, the more aware of just how broken we are, we become. And I think sometimes for me, I don't know for you guys, that almost creates more frustration than I had when I was a newer believer because the more I realize just how much I screw up and the more I don't want to screw up, the more I get frustrated when I screw up. But this is really helping me just tonight just think about we think so much we talk so much about how unworthy we are and it's true and, and how imperfect we are and it's true but our unholiness is holiness through Christ's sacrifice and it's important to remember that because even though we're not holy he by his blood has called us holy he makes us holy yeah you know, we're, we're going to heaven that's the promise that we have that's what we get through baptism after we come to, to be saved and we get that, that beautiful picture of the new being that comes out of the waters, right? And so it's just, I don't know, it's just a powerful thought to think about. It's like, I'm not perfect at all, but at the same time, thanks to Christ's blood, when I die, I may as well have That's the atonement for all of those imperfections, all those mistakes. Yeah, for me, like, why? <laughs> you know? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> like, why? I, one of my friends has this idea, like, totally made up, but still paints a good, I think a pretty good picture of what heaven might be like. So when everyone's standing in line, be judged before God and basically when you when we as Christians get up there we like God tells us everything that we've done wrong and it's like yeah <laughs> but then Jesus is also standing next to him and Jesus is like yeah but that one's mine so you're ushered through anyways you don't deserve to be ushered through it all, but Jesus is like, but that one's mine. And that's just, it's incredible. That's where you, yeah, that's where we should be finding our identity. Something that just came to my mind was a, a couple of lyrics from like a Maverick City song. It's like, I'm already loved. I'm already chosen. I know who I am. I know what you've spoken, and that is enough. Mm -hmm. Like I just think that's really love that song. A great way to yeah. Such a good song. Like a good way to think of it. Yeah. I think the big thing too, kind of what we've been talking about, is it's not about our performance. It's about like Jesus living through us, um, or Christ working in us.
because we can't do it on our own. So when we have that, our identity in place, that's what makes all this stuff work. It's not us trying harder. And I think something too as big as don't find identity in doing like the good things of Christianity. Like we can get caught up in, I'm just, I'm just serving here and that's what makes me a good person. Like it's like, no, you're, you're justified because like you do those good things out of your relationship with God, not because because he first loved you, not because you're doing it to work your way to make God love you kind of thing. Because um, by relying on God, that's going to make all those other things naturally come out. We don't have to force it. And I think that all comes back to if we don't know our identity in Christ, it's hard to step into the vocation he has for us and to meet like the, the needs of other people in our places of work or just being on campus because it's hard to a broken vessel is a hard time pouring in other people um, so yeah that's kind of my my thoughts thank you guys for being awesome giving a lot of feedback because I was like man this could be like 10 minutes or we could talk a lot make it like 45 minutes so this is not really good so thank you guys this was awesome Hopefully it was helpful. Hopefully it wasn't like I know all this stuff already. I think it's always a good reminder, even if we all know it, had knowledge. Yeah. Someone want to close us in prayer? Yeah. So we have prayer requests. Okay. Lord, thank you for again this group and that we're able to. Learn some different things from each other and have some great conversations. And please just remind us as we go throughout this week that who our identity is in, um, and it's you, and how we uh, respond to the world in our, and just to give grace to ourselves um, when we mess up, knowing that our identity is in you. Thank you for, I think it's midterm week, that you just give people grace um, and stamina to finish uh, this strong before this little break that we get and that people would look to you for strength and thank you for all these guys you would help each of us in our own unique ways to grow closer to you amen, amen.